Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brothers and sisters. Come come with a mouthful. Greetings, greetings. I'm enjoying a a nice uh, Alpha Galactic Mm -hmm. uh, from Beechwood. Good friend, Julian. Sounds good. Julian's a crack up. I've never uh, had a bad beer from Beechwood. That's right. No, you won't either. Yep. Dude's, dude's a great brewer and uh, really just passionate about it. And uh, he's a fun and funny guy. Yeah. He's, uh, I don't know. I think if you don't know him and you were to like, overhear him at some moments talk to some other people, you may get entirely the wrong impression. <laughs> you may be terrified of ever approaching him or speaking to him if that was the case. But. Yeah, but a really nice guy. Ooh. Oh, he's he's a sweetheart. He's he's just yeah. just a, a really wonderful, generous, kind uh, guy. Yeah, he's one of my favorite people. Uh, no, it just cracks me up. I think, you know, it's it's like um, I think with our good friend John Blickman. Yeah. You know, you see him, you hear him talk, you see him around, you see him at the trade shows or whatever, and you're you thinking, wouldn't think he's capable of inventing anything. <laughs> You wouldn't think he's capable of tying his shoes, but hey, um, no, you see, you see him, and um, you think he's very straight-laced, business-like, you know, intelligent guy, just you know, getting business done. And then you know, you spend some time with him and have a few drinks, and, and you know, he gets to know you, and he's got he's got a pretty ribald uh, sense of humor. He's, oh, yeah. he's a big goofball. He is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's great. Like the rest of us. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, but to see him from a distance, you think, oh, you know, there's a real straight laced business guy. But he is not like that at all. So I just think it's it's cool. Uh, all the people we get to meet and uh, uh, have fun with in this industry. It is a great industry. Yep. Yeah, um, well, we just got to do the uh, AHA rally again for our third time, and oh, yeah. uh, it was a blast. Now, this is one of the benefits of being an AHA member. You, um, uh, as an AHA member, get them for free. And we did um, uh, three full pints of whatever beer you wanted. We gave people two bombers of beer to go. We wow. uh, provide some food. Hopefully next year we can provide a lot more food. Um, we also gave away uh, five gallons of, of wort uh, for uh, uh, for the first 200 people. And, um, you know, there's raffles. There's all sorts of stuff. Free prizes. If you can't walk out of there with more than it costs you for your AHA membership... And you just aren't trying. And you get to talk to Jamil, too. Well, there you go. Which, yeah, people do stand in line to do that. <laughs> My family doesn't. I mean, what's going on with that? <laughs> well, you know, they figure they'll catch it in an inopportune moment. <laughs> right, right. But it's a blast and, and one reason to, to be an AHA member. Well, and uh, like we were talking about uh, Blickman, Blickman's paid for this show for like the last 10 years. And what I want you all to do when you hear this is put it on pause, go to your computer, and typey, 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 and type in an email to John Blickman. Uh, you can send it to feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com, and you can tell them thank you, and tell them, hey, we appreciate you sponsoring the show, uh, you know, and 
by the way, I took a look at all the good stuff on your website and it looks really cool. Or I asked my brew shop to carry Blickman gear or whatever it might be. I mean, you know, he's doing this uh, out of the kindness of his heart. He should get a little bit of value back for it, I think, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So the least you can do for us is uh, send an email and tell him how much you appreciate uh, that uh, he sponsors it. And that will keep it sponsoring. And for those of you who are terrified that the show was canceled uh, because of lack of you sending in emails to John Blickman, it really just was they didn't get posted. So we've been doing the shows. Um, people are like, hey, you're not doing the shows anymore? It's like, no, we're doing the shows. And they're like, well, uh, I don't see them anymore. And so um, that's your wake-up call. Could have been true. Huh? Huh? Think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So there. <laughs> you got any travel coming up, John? I do. In fact, uh, day after tomorrow, I head down to Uruguay, to Montevideo, to do the uh, Copa de Uruguayan Cervezas, um, a, you know, a, a professional brewer's cup. Um, a lot of breweries from Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil, Paraguay. Um, you know, all around the local region. And uh, so that will be fantastic. And they have also, get this, they have invited me to participate in the dedication of their new National Brewing Technology Institute. Participate meaning hold this end of the ribbon. Uh, participate meaning... Uh, Are they naming I'm it not, after you? I'm not <laughs> sure. No. I, the general they they may ask me to cut the ribbon. They may ask me to hold the ribbon. They may uh, ask me to show people where to sit. I'm yes. not sure. Right, right. But, yeah. Um, but I am looking forward to it. It should be yeah. a great trip. Sounds like a blast. Um, I've got, uh, in November, I'm going to do a week in uh, Korea. I'm going to be the 6th through the 9th in Seoul and the 9th through the 12th in Busan. Then I'm going to Japan the 12th through the 14th, I want to say, in Kyoto, and the 14th through the 16th in Osaka, the 16th through the 19th in Tokyo for the American Beer Week stuff, and then uh, back home. Very cool. That's a, that's a quite a trip there. Uh, yeah. I really really remember our, our Singapore trip finally. You were yes. you were there in Korea as well that time in Japan. Yes, yes. Uh, Singapore was a blast too. I was just seeing the Facebook posts. Uh, somebody was doing a Facebook memory or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be attending Cebu again this coming year. Oh, yeah? Alright. Yeah. That'll be in Manila. And uh, be, uh, they scheduled it fortunately the week before NHC here in the, in the States. Uh, HomebrewCon here in the States. There you go. And HomebrewCon is uh, Portland this year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Great beer city, of course. Very, um, very good place. I've got to do Portland. i gotta, I got to be there. And our beer is there. So oh, I'll have some, some, some beer events nearby, and uh, we can get people down there to, to drink some beer. Are you going to road trip? I don't know. Uh, everybody can road trip. I'll fly and I'll meet you there. <laughs> I know that's how it's gonna how it's gonna go down. Well, because it's gonna be like a full week. Yeah, you know, of stuff going on. Oh, that's like a mere fifteen hours. I'm gonna need to get there. I can get to Portland in uh, nine hours, eight and a half. I just went to Northwest Oregon, and it took eleven hours to drive. You're driving like an old VW no. camper van no. with two cylinders. Driving a Subaru, going 80 the whole time. Huh. Just took forever. Hmm. <laughs> Whose Subaru was it? My girl's. My girlies. Ah. Oh, I don't own a Subaru. I got the old Mercedes that doesn't go above 60. <laughs> Maybe in my car it might take 20 hours. I don't know. All right. There you go. You obviously did lots of stops. Just two. Or just actually just uh, two, one two, for gas. Three hour stops. No. See, I stop. It's like indie pit crew. <laughs> <laughs> I pull into the, the station. 
flip the, the the gas cap open. I slam the gas. They won't in there. let you. I, I they start won't it. let you. Oh they yeah, that's yell right. At you, huh? <laughs> right. Well, the that's rebel. Oregon. That's why I get my you gas in California know. before crossing the border. Yeah. You start start that running. You run inside. You pee. You you grab whatever snacks on the way out. You undo the the gas and you're off. Mm. And it's like you know ten minutes stops, and uh, you do that. See, my wife, when she drives down to Southern California, she's like, yeah, it's like eight, nine hours to drive to Southern California. I'm like, it's a, it's a four, five-hour drive. Four-hour drive, yeah. Eight she's hours. She's like, that's impossible. <laughs> it takes her like seven. Because <laughs> she'll stop. She wants to go to the bathroom. She'll stop. She wants to get some coffee. Then she stops. She wants to get to the bathroom. Then she stop. and wants to get some gas. Stop. want to get some food. You know, I love the woman, but uh, no, no. No. I'll, I'll pee in a cup. Throw it out the window. <laughs> That's dumb and dumber. Um, um, you know, if if there's gas in the car, I'm rolling. I'll, the only thing that stops me from from moving forward is a lack of gas, and then I'll then it's an indie pit stop and Fred back out on the road. It's business. Oh, yeah, man, you can use that trick of just peeing in the gas tank. I mean, how much of your drinking it just goes right? <laughs> well, that or you just hang it out the window and let it trickle down the side of the car. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not too it bad. Come either. off, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Today's show. See, we had such a good show. I think now right. it needs to be filled with. Got to make up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, people send in a lot of questions about sparging. Believe it or not, um, various related things about you know like kettle design and rates and uh you know lots of questions around it it's one of the things that really one of the reasons why batch sparging became so popular is because it seemed to simplify things yeah yeah but apparently not quite enough so there's a whole slew of questions and uh we'll get to answer them here uh right after this Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. 
That's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperatures rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like Wine Guys. Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Ah, yes. If you have questions for John and I and Porno Steve here uh, about uh, brewing, uh, you can send them to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. Now, you, you'll get an automated reply that says, hey, we got your your email. Thanks a lot. But you're not going to get like a direct response. Um, this is for questions for the show. Um, you can pre, you know, prefix them with a Q&A. Or if you have like show idea, put show idea in the title. Um, and we do get to them. We see them all. And I go through them uh, on a regular basis every couple of weeks to make sure that uh, we're pulling questions for the, the Q&A shows. These questions come from you guys. They're not coming from somewhere else. Um, and uh, we appreciate that you send them in. There's a backlog of them. Sometimes the questions become repetitive because a lot of people are asking the same question you are. Great. Don't hesitate to send it in. Uh, send it in. Um because a lot of people need to, you know, uh, if you're asking that question, a lot of other people are too. So, uh, questions on sparging. Uh, they they kind of range the, the the gamut here, but uh, John, um, they want to calculate like uh, water flow through a uh, uh, dense grain bed into PVC, <laughs> uh, transitioning to copper. Um, so, these are all you. Go ahead. Okay. All right. This All one right. From Trevor Raborn. Trevor! Oh, yes. Trevor. Yeah, I see this guy all the time. Um, what's up, guys? I'm thinking about my future brew stand and my process. Currently, I batch sparge and get 73% to 80% efficiency, depending on the beer. And I'm happy with that. I like batch sparging. Thinking about building a single-tier stand with a direct-fired mash tun that recirculates during the mash, then raised to mash out temperature and drain to the kettle using a pump. Then I would add the sparge water, recirculate for about 10 minutes, and drain again to get the final volume. Ultimately, this would allow me to batch sparge, but also get the pros of fly sparging without the cons of possible tannin extraction, and I would only need one pump to do this method. What do you think? Would this work well, or is there something I'm missing? Well, I know I said it was all you, John, but uh, <laughs> I just can't resist. No, I, okay. I and, and you know, correct me if uh, if I'm wrong on this, but from what it sounds like he's doing, he plans to recirc each of the batches of the batch sparge. I mean, the only th- the the value of fly sparging is that um, you're not homogenizing the entire uh, liquid volume with sugar. You're actually, it's a lighter sugar concentration on top as, as it kind of pushes out the, the, uh, the heavier sugars at the, at the bottom. Um, that's the only thing. But, you know, and if, if you're recirculating, you may actually, 
extract just as much. Um, is it possible to get more? Sure, but you know, you might you might be fine on that. I don't know. Well, yeah, the, you know the the when we when you batch sparge, you add the second volume of water with the valve closed. So you know, it's just like you're just like you're doing a second mash with that new sparge water. You stir it up. You get that um, you know batch homogenous, um, and then you drain again. Um, the if you were to the, instead you know for instead of wait letting it sit for ten minutes, you recirculated for ten minutes. Um, I suppose I mean the the pH shouldn't change. I don't know that you would tend to extract any more sugar recirculating than you would with the, just the sparge itself if you if you stirred well. Um, what's in solution is going to, I and mean, what's going to go into solution is going to be homogenous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it may clarify the wort a little bit, you know, compared to, um, you know, a, a small Vorloff be, before uh, draining. I guess, yeah, you'd have to maybe just do it a couple times, and it may depend on the recipe as well. Some beer styles may be more prone to uh, tan and extraction from a recirculation of the second runnings than others. Um, hard to say at this moment. If you watch P- your pH, yeah. if you pre-treat your water so the pH can't rise that much, um, I think you'd be fine. And, you know, yeah. the, I think one of the, the key things is he said he was very happy with uh, the batch sparging and the extraction. And the efficiency he was getting seemed, seemed uh, pretty darn good to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was, what, uh, 70... 73 to 80%. Yeah, 73 yeah. to 80. I mean, you know, there's there's no reason to really chase more extraction. Uh, one of the right. things that I find, um, we were talking about in the last show about uh, uh, session beers. One of the, the tricks to make a great session beer, I think, is to take first runnings and then water that down. And you you get such a rich malt character with none of the tannin. That's correct. Yeah. Um, that's that's really you know a great thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know, uh, but like most people, it sounds like he's having fun tinkering around and and making yeah. a new brew system. So, uh, sounds good. Yeah, I guess one aspect of efficiency that I will point people to in the new edition of How to Brew is the fact that uh, the the OG that you're targeting. Uh, has a lot to do with what your efficiency is going to be um, as you go to higher and higher gravities, um, and you know, trying to and and trying to uh, minimize you know or, or be efficient in the amount of malt that you use, um, the efficiency is going to go down because you're not diluting that first first runnings as much. In you know the attempts to to achieve a high gravity, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I've got some tables in the new how to brew that'll kind of make this a little more apparent. But uh, yeah, Does again, the- I, I like Jamil's advice: don't go chasing high efficiency, mm-hmm. thinking that you know that makes you a better brewer. Uh, you know, brew worth that tastes good. That's yeah. that's the better indie. That's better that's mark. good advice. Yeah, you. Uh, y- y- what what kind of brewer you are is based on the taste of your beer, not how how much grain it took you to make that beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, one of the things that that's kind of thrown a curveball in my thinking of sparging is the the work we've done on uh, what we call polyguile. Um, yeah, where we're using multiple loads of grain in one wort, um, not partyguile, polyguile. And um, the fact that it keeps extracting the sugars, even when, you know, we were up to 34 Play-Doh at at our brewery at Heretic when we did the Evil Quad with uh, Yepa from Evil Twin Brewing. And 34 Play-Doh, that's uh, 1.136 or something like that. Crazy. OG. And it had no problem extracting those sugars uh, to that that level. So... um, I, th- I think you know if you recirculate, maybe you are going to extract more. You know, give that, it more yeah. chance. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. 
Interesting, interesting question. Interesting thought. All right, uh, next question. This one's about fly sparging. I've recently converted to fly sparging slash continuous sparging. I've heard that you were supposed to try to match rates of the outflowing wort with the inflowing sparge water. Is there a benefit to adding, adding the sparge water at the same rate compared to adding sparge water a little faster? I feel like using a pump to add the sparge water at such a slow rate is probably bad for the pump. Is it better to pump the sparge water in or the wort out of the mash? It seems like pumping the wort out of the mash might contribute to stuck sparges. Well, here's the thing about pumps. You moderate the flow, the speed of flow from the pump by having a ball valve or valve uh, on the outflow. So the inflow is always 100%, you know, wide open. You you apply back pressure with the valve to slow the flow. So um, in other words, running a pump to achieve low flow shouldn't be any different from the pump's point of view than running at a high flow. Um, it's not, it's still full. Um, there's no, there's no drag on the pump. There's no, you know, pressure on the pump really. Especially so, on something like those, uh, uh, rubber impeller pumps like the, um, the March pumps. March pump. on, yeah. But, Oh, What's the the Blickman one? The uh, the the pumpinator. The uh, the tidal flow. The riptide. Oh, yeah. Riptide pump. Riptide, there you go. That thing's yeah. badass. That's a great okay. pump. You should get it one is. on your brute system, there, Taylor. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, John's one hundred percent right. It, you know, the pump's running at the exact same speed, regardless. It's nothing different to the, the, the motor windings on the pump. Um, it's a little back pressure, um, which shouldn't affect the, the impeller or any of those parts. Uh, certain kinds of pumps may have an issue with more back pressure and may slightly yeah. wear out fast. Maybe a diaphragm pump, would you think, John, would have a, you know, a different yeah. result with some back pressure? But the diaphragm pumps are made to go up to, like, 100 PSI. They don't yeah. mind some back pressure, you know. Yeah. That, that, that's what they're designed to to squeeze against. Yeah, um, if you're adjusting your pump flow with a rheostat, like in a home built system, uh, that would that would be bad. But uh, normally, that's not the case. So, right. Uh, but Taylor, go over the question again. Just I'm sorry, I got yeah. off on a tangent on the pump aspect. But even if sure you I, if if you went with a, a DC pump, and you could use you know just voltage to regulate the speed, not going to hurt mm-hmm. it. Um, really, it's a hundred percent still just working exactly like it should. Yeah, go back to the beginning of the question. I wasn't paying attention to you, Porno. <laughs> Not surprising. It's okay. I'm used to it. Um, he says he's heard that you're supposed to try to match rates of the outflowing word with the inflowing sparge water, mm-hmm. and he asks if there's a benefit to adding sparge water at the same rate compared to adding sparge water a little faster. No, you know, the, the the point is you're adding it in as to as it's flowing out because you don't want to fl- overflow your kettle. If you're pumping it in faster than it's coming out, it's going to eventually gonna yeah. yeah. Um I mean, and if you're gotta, pulling it out faster than you're than you're filling, then you're going to suck the grain dry. bed down. Yeah. But it's always better to pump it in the top than it is to pull it out the bottom, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I think he he Bevo, he's, Bevo nods. She's yes. Yeah, yes, absolutely. The, the bottoms <laughs> and exit only. <laughs> All right. Um, because, uh, you know, as, as he states in his, his email, uh, he's worried about a stuck, stuck mash, which can happen. If you pull harder than the mash will naturally let the liquid through. Yeah. Uh, so you, you'd need to be careful about yeah. that. So, so he's asking, yeah, he's but, asking if the pump is pulling too much. The, then the tra- and where, the to, tra- where to put the pump, yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you, you don't put it near the end, you put it mm-hmm. near the entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the trick is to just get a float switch uh, over your mash. That's what I used. Um, you, can, you can buy them off of McMaster, and a lot of homebrew shops now have them. It's a, a little stainless steel float that uh, essentially cuts the, the power to the, to the pump or turns the pump on. Um, 
as the water rises, it lifts lifts the float, shuts the, the power off, the pump stops. As it drops, it cuts back in and, and turns the pump back on. And so it keeps a perfect level of liquid over the top. Regardless of the outflow, then you can just focus on your outflow and get a nice uh, nice rate of loudering. I bet you in the AHA uh, Brew Guru app that they got some good articles on uh, on brewing. They may actually have one about uh, you know sparging. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yes, you know they've they've got a lot of good things in there. The AHA uh, is a is a great organization. You should be a member if you love home brewing. You should be a member. That's just a fact. Because uh, they do a lot of good things. The Brew Guru app is real cool. I, you know, they, they it it will. It's nice and quick and snappy. It's free. You get it from Google Play Store. You get it from the uh, the App Store. You get it from the child sitting on the end of your couch. Uh, what it'll tell you is. Uh, where uh, all your discounts are, homebrew shops, breweries, restaurants, where you can get, uh, where you can save more than you paid for the cost of the HA membership. Seriously, if you can't recover all the money that you paid for the HA membership each year, then you don't like to eat or drink or brew beer. That's just a fact. So there's plenty of places around you that will pay for your membership. Get the Brew Guru app, and it'll show you where those are. It's a great thing from the AHA. All right. Um, let's do this. Let's take another break because I'm out of beer. Uh, yeah, the timing's right. All right. And then uh, yeah. we'll come back and answer more questions right after this. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y-yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all-grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of Citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. The 
First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Well, well, hey, you know, <laughs> have you noticed the uh, the new White Labs uh, yeast in the oh. vault? I have indeed. Right, they've added the uh, WLP. 066 London Fog and the WLP 073 Artisanal Country Ale Yeast. Both of those sound quite exciting to me. The London Fog, because if you want to brew a like a New England IPA, a NEPA, um, if you're all about the haze and the, and the fruitiness, the London Fog sounds like a great example. If you're into uh, uh, you know farmhouse style beer to guard kind of kind of uh, beers, the Artisanal Country, the the O seventy three sounds really interesting to me. And what's cool about this is, you know, they can't make like a million different um, you know products and have them available all the time. They go out of business because they're the stuff that, you know, they sell a ton of O01, but, you know, these other things, it's kind of they're doing them just out of passion. And they need a certain number of orders to make it break even, which is 150 orders. So if you sign up for this and it hits 150, you go to your homebrew club and say, hey, Let's all try this, uh, you know, London Fog. You know, we all interested in, in brewing a New England IPA. Bang, there you go. Get them up to 150 orders. They'll make it. They'll ship it. You're all set. Commercial brewers can even get in on this. You just need to order a liter and a half. Um, so, pretty cool. You go to uh, whitelabs.com slash the vault, uh, all one word. And to learn more and place your pre-order on these specialty strains. And they, they're always introducing other ones. They have a catalog of thousands and thousands of different kinds of yeasts that are never going to see the light of day. You're never going to get a chance to brew with if they didn't do this. So uh, make sure to, to, to keep cruising that, uh, that vault and uh, sign up for the ones you think are nice and interesting and tell your friends. All right. Uh, next question, uh, Pornographic Steven. All right. This is the end of sparging and the end of boil. It's a question about that. I have a stainless steel 10-gallon mash tun, Bayou Classic, with a false bottom that has a 2-gallon dead volume under the false bottom. Mm-hmm. I sparge into an 8-gallon brew kettle for more beer. I was wondering at the end of my sparge, after I collected about 6 gallons in 45 minutes, can I quite... Can I quit? adding sparge water and just let the dead volume drain while I lose the two plus inch deep above the mash bed volume liquid disappear. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, if, if he's able to get that dead volume out. Yeah. 
I figure channeling will not matter since I think I'm just collecting the under the, the water right. under the false bottom. Is this assumption wrong? When transferring the boiled and cooled wort into my six and a half gallon glass carboy, I wonder if I should transfer the last half gallons, which is full of cold break solids. No. If I do, what off flavors would I get? Don't leave leave all the the really heavy cold break out. When you put it in, people say good thing. Yeah, it's got a lot of questions out. in here. Um, you know, as long as you can collect that dead volume, I, you know the I, I, I would say that you know one of the things you want to do is not to put in more water than you need. You know, try and lim- limit that. One, you're using less water, less heat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but uh, your grain comes out drier when it's time to dispose of the grain. John, would you have something to add to that? Uh, no, I agree with you. I mean, um, you know, generally you don't need a lot of uh, dead space underneath the false bottom. Usually, just enough to accommodate the dip tube, or however you're pulling that word out. Um, you know the, you know, if there's like a a two gallon dead space, that's fairly significant. So yeah, I would, uh, as he asks, I would stop uh, sparging. And then just let it drain and collect that because, um, you know, further dilution is not going to really help. And that way you do get a drier, uh, drier grist that you can, you know, is easier to dump because um, you're going to have to dewater it anyway before you throw it in the, in the garbage bag or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's about Maybe. sums it up. All right. Uh, next question. All right. I fly sparge with more beers, sparge arm. Every pale-colored beer I brew, I can only sparge for 20 to 30 minutes before the runnings drop to 1.010. Shouldn't this last upwards of 90 minutes? I feed into the BK with a pump at a very slow rate, almost a trickle. My mash pH is checked with a meter at room temperature and always in the correct range. 5.2 to 5.16. Okay. I am always a, uh, I'm always able to sparge dark-colored beers longer. I get that dark beers have more buffering power, but I acidify mm. my sparge water down to 5.5 range when brewing pale beer. When I check the runnings, I do it with a refractometer as it is trickling to the BK. When I reach 1.010 to 1.008, I still have plenty of sparge water on the mesh that I want in my BK, around 3-4 gallons, and I'm concerned about tannin extraction. Can I quickly pump what's left into the BK when the gravity is that low? Am I measuring wrong? I just don't understand how one can sparge 60 to 90 minutes. I mash with the Blickman Tower power. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're if he's getting down to, you know, that low uh, runnings gravity uh, sooner, then he probably needs to add some more malt. Um, so he's not cutting it so close. Uh, yeah, if... Um, you don't. You certainly don't want to dilute those runnings anymore with further sparge water at that point. So, yeah, he would want to cut the sparge flow and keep uh, keep utilizing that ten ten uh, last runnings to get his uh, final volume, hmm. his boil volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of odd because. You know, we're missing some information there as to is he successfully collecting all the the pre boil gravity and volume that he's expecting? Um, I, I'm thinking a few things that I think you touched on. One is um, 1.1, uh, 1.010 is kind of high to cut off your, your running, so you can go down to. Maybe 06, and it's not really that big a deal. The more important measurement is your pH. And if your pH is correct and it's not rising too high, um, you're not going to get tannin extraction no matter how low you go on those runnings, I think. Um, That's true, yeah. So that's more a function of pH. Because, John, wouldn't you agree if your uh, pH is really high... Even at the beginning, where you're getting full runnings, you're extracting yeah. the tannins. So it's, that's right. Yeah, it's really got more to do with um, 
pH than anything else. So um, right. I, I guess you could yeah. go even lower. But the problem is running it lower, if you're trying to hit a certain gravity, you're just adding water. You know, So that's one of the reasons not to run too low on your, fin- your final points of gravity uh, on your runnings. The other thing is, if he's using recipes, high-quality recipes like those found in Brewing Classic Styles, um, you know, perhaps uh, he's not getting a very good crush on the malt, and that's why he's lacking in in points uh, 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 collected. Again, we're missing that element of uh, what he's experiencing in the kettle at the end, it's correct or not. Um, he didn't mention it, so I'm, I gotta assume he is. I don't know. So yeah, if he's confused. hitting his numbers otherwise, and before if he's not, that's that's what we need to know. Right, and if it's just a timing thing, then um, you know, run it off a little slower. He says it's just a trickle, but one man's trickle is another. He man's said he's able flood. to run dark, darker colored beers longer than sparging. Well, I mean, it's not it's not how long you run; it's how you fill it up. Uh, <laughs> it's not the size of the boat; it's uh, the motion of the ocean. <laughs> not to, to alliterate too much, but um, yeah, I, the 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 purpose of all these guidelines for laudering and sparging is that you want to collect. Uh, a good wort with no off flavors, no tannins, with the right pH. You want to collect a sufficient strength at uh, a volume such that you don't have to boil down excessively to hit your target gravity. Um, so, and when we talk about that a lauder should last half an hour, that you should sparge, you know, at like one quart per minute or something like that or drain one quart per minute what we're trying to do is set some set some guidelines in terms of you know don't just crank the valve open and suck the grain bed down and get a stuck sparge um don't you know over sparge and you know put five gallons of water you know or five gallons of water in addition to two gallons of wort into your boiler um by you know draining too fast I mean, give give the the grain bed time to be rinsed by the sparge water, um, so that you get a, a you know you get a high quality wort. Um, but if uh, I mean, you know, that's that's essentially it, correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you. Okay. Uh, well, and I'll tell you this: if you live anywhere near Great Fermentations, out in uh, Indianapolis, around that area, they got two stores, and I've been there. And these are some sharp people. They've got some uh, some training facilities. They've got uh, great ingredients and equipment. They've got the the largest selection of Blickman gear uh, on the web, and they are trained in actually how to get the most of it. So um, you know, whatever gear you have, I'm, these folks could help you. They could yeah, really kind of walk you through. Um, right, and teach you how to use the equipment uh, 100%. Um, it's called Great Fermentations. Top-notch customer service, same-day shipping on most items. They are um, wonderful people. You can like them on Facebook at GR8 Fermentation and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. And check them out on the web, greatfermentations.com. Good folks. I personally vouch for them. I've been there. I've talked to them. I've seen what they do. I've checked their ingredients. I've checked them all out. Uh, good folks. Really well-run place. Um, and yeah. if you had questions like this and you went in, those folks would help you out. So uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have a couple more questions right after this. 
Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus, and Radical Brewing, Recipes, Tales, and World-Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Grog tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? Grog Tag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? Grog Tag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. Grog Tag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at Grog Tag. Liven up your next party with the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. And I want you all to check out adamandneve.com. Get there today. You can use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L. And you're going to get yourself 50% off of just about any one item. So here's the trick. You buy one item. Yeah, giant dildo, fake flash, flashlight, vag, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Sex swing, like Bebo enjoys. Um, you, you buy the one item, and you get it for 50% off. That's all you're going to pay. They're not asking you for more money. There's no shipping and handling, fake fees, and all that bullshit. They give you free shipping. They're going to throw in three free adult DVDs that you can use to get in the mood or target practice, whatever you want. And uh, a free extra gift, so sensual. I can't mention it. <sighs> you know, actually, I wonder why we don't use the offer code Porno Steve. I mean, you'd think that would be a little higher value. But, you uh, you know, it makes more sense. It would. Yeah, that that except uh, you know. Uh, but I think it makes too much me. sense. They for know my history. The Brewing Network. So that's why we're not doing it. So, Jamil's still outspending you. Okay, That's I right. get it. Yeah. All right, so, let's go. J-A-M-I-L at adamandeve.com. Lots of fun stuff there. You know, um, if you enjoy sex-related stuff in your life, check it out. You'd be surprised at what fun stuff you can find. And it's you're never going to get it cheaper, especially, you know, 
this is a, it's a great offer. Fifty percent off the don't item. Don't talk to anyone. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you exchange. You're right. Going they send a, in a very discreet package. A you, you don't have to worry store, about. Yeah. Have some fun. Uh, you know, live a little, enjoy, and uh, you, you're never going to get any cheaper than that. <laughs> Add some hooks and they make great fishing lures. There you go. Right. Troll for the big mouth bass. <laughs> <laughs> Just flop that thing across the water. Throw <laughs> some hooks. <laughs> you never know. You might find the big mouth bass that's enjoying that. All right. We got two questions left. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so many things are going on. All right. Dear Bruce Strong, I'm pretty consistently hitting 65% mash efficiency. I run a 60-quart cooler with a copper manifold in the bottom, and on average, mash at 152 to 154 degrees Fahrenheit for 60 minutes. Testing conversion with iodine looks great, and overall it looks like I'm getting the full conversion. Yet when I batch sparge and finish slaughtering into the brew kettle, I'm stuck at 65% mash efficiency and never get it higher. You can't get it up higher than that. Well, I'll tell you, see, you were saying earlier, Bevo, the camera shouldn't be pointed at you. I oh, my God, I just realized should. that throughout that whole wardrobe malfunction, the camera is actually pointed at me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tank top on underneath my blouse, and I just, I was like, I'm really uncomfortable. And I, my tank top was basically down around my waist. I'm not sure what happened to the straps, but they're, like, they there's no elasticity left in them. <laughs> my fault. <laughs> They've given... <laughs> Too many hands pulling around inside there. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's all stretched home. out. Uh, so he had a question, and the question was sixty-five percent. Um, I remember sixty-five percent. He can't get the mash efficiency up than that. He's um, it has to, it ha- mash efficiency always has to do with. The speed that you're sparging. That's what he's talking about. And the crush of your grain. He's saying, I think one of my biggest points of confusion is laddering speed. With batch sparging, people all over will swear that it changes nothing to go slower. But is the fact that I'm he's opening the valve wide open, is that causing well, also, his... Yeah, that's not good. Okay. Also, his, the grain weight and his water-to-grist water to ratio affect efficiency as well so right but i mean the, the amount you're collecting times points collected yeah you know if, if if the volume's greater it's like well all right how many points did i still get out mm-hmm. um but so usually it's crush if if he's from australia and using like joe white or something where there's really bizarre stuff going on or one of those or he's in china and god knows what grains he's using could be to be you know uh, malt related yeah yeah um could be you know conversion related he's going in as like some insane temperature or some insanely high or low temperature uh could be some insanely high or low ph um those are all really unlikely and it's most likely poor crush and not allowing time for the the ah, the sugars I'd- I just thought of another factor in batch sparging. If you don't drain the first runnings completely, mm-hmm. um, and then you put in your second batch, um, that's a big, big source of loss because you end up uh, diluting part of your first runnings to your second runnings uh, gravity. Right. And um, yeah, so then in terms of the total amount of volume, total volume you collect, it's going to be. More of the second runnings and less of the first runnings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that that can be a factor as well. So uh, right. check that. Okay. Check how much. Check your volumes as you batch sparge. All right. Last question. All right. Um, what is the difference? Is if I were to simply add my say five gallons of sparge water to my grain bed and then letting it slowly drain for an hour, is there an advantage in your eyes to fly sparging? And keeping just two inches on the top of the grain bed as opposed to maybe 14 inches? Or is the main concern here just selling them Blickman auto sparge arms? <laughs> if, you, mm. if you can take the total volume, then go for it. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Having, 
a, a lot of kettles or a lot of mashes don't have room for 14 inches of water over the top. That's that's well, so you could just the reason why you wouldn't sit there, right? Right. Yeah. Especially commercial systems and uh, commercial systems is where the whole sparge arm and sprinkling and so on comes from because yeah, you're trying to trying to water you know a lot of grain over a wide area. Mm-hmm. Uh, homebrew scale is a lot easier, and yeah, you can you can just fill it up and drain it slowly. Right. Yeah. If you've got the excess room above the top, you can do that. Um, it doesn't really, the hydrostatic pressure isn't really that much. Um, mm-hmm. you know, not an issue. So, yeah, go for it. Don't, don't buy that Blickman's Whirly Gig Spar Charm. Goddamn, trying to sell you something useful. Bastard. <laughs> Indiana, yeah. <laughs> Indiana bastard. All right. Uh, great show. Or solid show. It was yeah, a good solid show. show. Yeah. Bevo made it special. It'll it'll be posted. (laughs) Promise. Bevo adjusting her gear. Yeah, that that really made it. You really got to find the video of that, I think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Always. No harassment intended. Always ask if, you know, just before you do anything, just assume somebody's watching. You know? The stupid thing is, I run the cameras. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this may be our best show ever. That's the most video downloads most, most of any show. <laughs> hey, combine that with some Adam and Eve, and you've got yourself an evening. I'm just saying. <laughs> so go to Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. Uh, and make sure you uh, email our good friend John Blickman, uh, feedback at blickmanengineering.com. Tell him how much you enjoy that he pays for the show so you don't have to. And you can check out our fine, fantastic offers at the Brewing Network store, thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. When you buy things from there, it all goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network, keeps shows like this on the air. Right now, they're running uh, 30 to 40% off on all sorts of gear there. Um, yeah. Basically everything. Basically everything. 30 to 50% off. 30 to 50% off. Uh, are we getting the jet skis back in? That's, yeah. No. No. No, actually, we're clearing out and making room for new things. We're, we're thinking things. yachts. We're thinking yachts. We're thinking yachts. Wow. We're, Ooh, we're stepping up our awesome. game. We got a there lot of go. old crap in that store that we yeah. don't need anymore. Time oh, yeah. to blow it out. Well, until then, Upgrade. until then, everybody, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everyone. 